locked into this thing because we're artists, bro. A charade for the autistes? Yeah. Like, we have to do this, man. Well, does that mean you're ready to do this, man? Yeah, probably. Because I'm going to start the theme music, you know? <laughs> you can tell I've been ready forever. I, the way I talk anyways. Who is this? I don't know. I think it's... I think This it's, is the the Harry Jack? It, yes. <laughs> Harry, is that why? <laughs> I'm starting the theme music. <laughs> Okay, everybody, another episode of Music Cover to Covered. My name is Mike Venezia. I am your host, and who the hell am I? I am just some guy who loves music, always have, always will. I made a lot of friends in the music industry throughout the years, and all of them are going to be, well, not all of them, but a bunch of them will be joining us over the next few weeks and months and however long this goes on. Hopefully we'll be sponsored by, like, you know, Goya or, like, you know, Chiquita Bananas one day for 100 bucks an episode. Shout out to Chiquita Bananas. We'll take your money. Thank you. Soy yogurt company. Soy yogurt. Uh, soy banana. Soy bananas. We got to work today. So anyway, welcome back. This is podcast number Trey. That would be three. Uh, just letting you know. And uh, today we're, we're, we're podcasting remotely from Lake Arrowhead, California, because I can. Hey, yo. Hey, oh, big shout out Lake Arrowhead. That's what's up. Uh, you know, we were joking, uh, me and my <laughs> friends that were here were, were joking that, you know, we want to call it uh, Latke uh, uh, Arrowhead. That way it's a Polish-Jewish pancake that's the largest handheld, uh, handmade uh, Polish pancake in, in America, much like the lake. Hmm. So I figured that's, you know, we had, there's something there. But anyway. Sounds fancy. Yeah, there you go. So that other voice you're hearing in the background is my special guest who is a resident of these parts up here in Lake Arrowhead. He has his own band. He is a singer-songwriter himself. He is a husband. He is a father. And he is an awesome dude. And his name is Frankie Sparkman. Welcome to the podcast. Wow. That's that's really nice. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. You know, my microphone is going to actually fall off the fucking table. I might be uh, two of those four. At any given time. You're going to fall off the table? No, like the, I, I think you you said hero. Um, well, I said husband. Super good looking. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I, well, that's what I meant. I used different <laughs> words, but it was close. Right. Oh, Jesus. I got to pause this. Hang on one second. It's my fault. Because I'm a meathead and I rape them. You Whoa. So, you okay. Can't talk about rape. So back to it. Frank. We are here with. Jesus. I fixed my mic. Even if it's about electronics or, or metal, you can't. You know, this is how this whole show is going to go at this point. <laughs> so anyway, I am here with Frankie, uh, Frankie Sparkman. And the reason oh. why I'm here with Frankie is because, like I mentioned in, in uh, his mini bio that I gave, Frankie is a singer-songwriter and a band leader for the band Sparkman, uh, appropriately named. And, you know, being that, for those of you that may not know where Lake Arrowhead is, it's about two and a half hours north of San Diego or about 90 minutes Slightly northeast of Los Angeles. Hollywood, man. Hollywood, yo. That's where everybody that's goes. That's where the stars are. That's where they're at. Yep. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what... Yeah, true story. And they can stay there right now. Yeah, they can. And... It's uh, okay. So it's 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 a it's not necessarily a remote location, but it's nice to be, you know, out of a city in a whole different universe, it seems. And, yeah. you know, with that said, obviously it makes for a smaller community. Yeah. And Frankie's been playing music in this community for how many years now? Man, um, well, for over 25, actually. Wow. If I think back to it, um, I got put on my first little musical in like second grade. Um, Mar <laughs> Margie Chase. Big ups to Margie Chase. Yeah, what's she doing now? Oh, gosh, she's probably dead, Mike, for sure. <laughs> okay, you had to go. Uh, yeah, you went morbid. but you I know, got to just imagine that all, she, she all is. All grace to Margie but, Chase. Um, all grace to Margie Chase. Yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, she saw some energy in me, and she put me on in some lead roles, really, at a very young age. Uh, I was like the shoemaker, I think, in The Shoemaker and His Wife. And uh, in these little things, I would put together uh, soundtracks. But even before that, I was, like, recording with my mom. Uh, we would record little, uh, you know, little tapes and gotcha. send them to grandma, you know. Oh, nice. I think back then a lot of people were, you know, So back so, then. So you came from, from a musical family, would you say? or I, I think definitely encouraged. I, uh, my gr great-grandmother was like a pianist, um, and like her piano is kind of still around. 
that's so cool. so that's that's inspiration in its own you know yeah, if, yeah. if you let it be if you want to be a musician i guess and uh i was always told she was really good so i don't know <laughs> you know so you decided to it was another inspiration what yeah, can you say there you go you decided to ruin the family name by playing music yourself exactly gotcha you know so, just shit all over it exactly so you were you were encouraged, which is not, which is great. I mean, if you want to play music and you have an encouraging family, it makes it even better and easier because yeah. they, they are supporting that decision. Yeah. And and the thing of it is, is that, you know, we'll get through, you know, how you got to this point. But, you know, you play in a smaller market. Obviously, yeah. this is a smaller market. Yeah. And it's got to be, you know, even as, as talented as you are, just being in a smaller market has to prove challenging for any band that wants to rise through the ranks and do you know, make it, if you will, or reach that, you know, whatever pinnacle that you set for yourself as the, you know, the, 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 the bar to jump over. And, you know, you've done the whole sunset strip thing and done the commute thing. And we'll talk about that as well. But, you know, what are like, if you had to say, what was one big challenge that, you know, and again, we'll get to the background. I just want to find out what you feel your number one challenge in a smaller market is for anybody that might be listening in the same kind of situation, what proved the most challenging and how did you overcome that? Like, what were your solutions to that? Um, you know, I think looking outside the box and, and, and like, uh, like to get to the root to it, I think, uh, location has a lot to do with it. I think if you're just simply in a different area code other than, um, a lot of like-minded people, so that, that, that being said, like not only just, uh, people that are into, uh, bands or, 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 uh, you know, music, it's, it's, it's about people that are into, uh, progressing those people that are, that are, that have no music knowledge at all, really, that just want to, uh, to be like, I believe in these dudes and I'm going to make some connections for you. And so I think what you, what I've seen firsthand is if you're, if you know those people that are willing to do this legwork, then you probably will, will maybe be a little better off. I don't know. Sometimes. Gotcha. So sometimes. just making the connection, essentially forming a community, but it's a community of different minded people with a common purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I honestly think outside of these hubs, you know, that we all know, you know, you can go through the hubs like, uh, Houston and Atlanta and all these real, you know, musical hubs. Um, if you, the further you go outside of those hubs, the less you find those like-minded people. And, um, so a lot of the times what you find in these outlying areas is you'll have these amazing artists, but no management and nobody that cares about that. Yeah. Um, you'll have a lot more artists even, talented people but nobody who cares about managing them and nobody who cares about being like dude i know this guy in like arrowhead let's put him (laughs) let's fucking put him on you know (laughs) but but by the same token i mean you hear the story over and over and over again we all have you know it's it's almost like a broken record with a lot of bands that we learn to love and that's that they started in a small town and moved to the big city absolutely and i guess a lot of that has to do with the fact with your theory of you know playing outside of the big city and developing that following outside yeah. and like learning from different influences that aren't a hive mind mentality. You come up with something fresh and you bring it to them in a yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, that seems like something that would make sense, but you know, and you've, you've done that, yeah. you know, with your band. So obviously there, there were, you know, obstacles. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, dude, a, a crazy thing that I've noticed, um, bringing to Los Angeles from the mountains is like a, a hip hop culture or a different like show love vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, cause another thing about me is, you know, like I've played in these, um, underground clubs in the industry, uh, uh, division. I mean, not industry, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like uh, in the industrial, vi- uh, you know, like, uh, what the fuck's uh, the city of industry. That's what I'm trying gotcha. to say. <laughs> I've heard of it. Yes. Okay. And I'm also very good with words, Mike. You, you know what? I, from what I understand, yeah. you have the all the I, words. The way I do the talk is very nice. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I, I love the way that you talk because you strategically choose <laughs> to not use most of the words yes. all of the time. <laughs> okay. It's <But> anyways, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like what you're saying though, when we, when we, when we bring this, this, uh, this different thing 
to this place that is kind of uh, imprinted with this generic idea almost as mm. we see it sometimes. Sometimes, though, you know, because you don't want to fucking put too much uh, like the way you feel on someone else's art, right? Yeah, well, you don't want to impose your own, <laughs> well, you don't want to impose your own will on somebody else's, right? but if it winds up being collaborative, absolutely, you know, then it's, it's, it's a, all the, depending on the point of perception. You yeah, know, like how is it? How is it? How is it presented? How is it received? Yeah, because that wildly complicates what the end definition is, right? Yeah, right. You know, it's you know, you should be you are thinking I'm going to be benevolent and try to help you with your art, and there they could be going. Why are you pushing your influence on yeah, me? That's all not over me. me like, what the hell? Why don't you just make it your band? Right. So, or they could be accepting of it and see it from that perspective and just right. be like, oh, thank you for your help. And then it becomes a symbiotic relationship and then you become a duo. You know, a good buddy of mine, and I, I got to use his name. His name's Brian Haranga. He's a very experienced bass player, but he always told me it was getting sexual with me, your music. And he, and he told me this when I was really young. I was like 20 years old and I was fucking just amped anyways i was in a punk rock band with him and i was a pretty crazy dude and he told me frank just stop getting so sexual with your music and when he told me that it really clicked i'm like holy fucking shit like sexual with my music like i'm treating my you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. and you're so right so i was i don't know at that point i was really able to let go of a lot mm. You know, and I think that's hugely important with being a musician and an artist, and especially if you want to show people your shit. Yeah. Like, oh my God, once you show people your shit, you know, like, I don't know. You know, as a songwriter, taking on that that attitude of being able to, you know, uh, let go and, and things of that yeah. nature. Now that just clicked with me. You yeah. Know? Come on, like like fucking that metaphor. But but it it it's it's a bigger concept too in a lot of ways you know right when you're able to sort of let go of your emotions and kind of back away from a song a little bit absolutely you know how does that for you how does that change your perspective on songwriting how do you approach do you approach it differently or or do you just try to find less or or just a different emotion in what it is that you're doing um I think it's a strange thing for me as a, a constant compulsive songwriter I really like to think of myself as that I am constantly writing songs constantly uh, for as long as I've known, just like I've said, you know, and, um, so anyways, the, con the, the consistency, I'm not thinking so greatly into these things, you know, I'm, I, I, I've tried to break myself of those habits. I, I've, uh, like a lot of artists, you, you take a lot of little, uh, weird advices, advices, is advises over the years, you know, Ad adviso just Ad advise. I, yeah acceptance is probably a big one gotcha acceptance of the the moment you record it like yeah. you know fuck you know so now you're you know you you had that great bit of advice and and, and <laughs> no but seriously though yeah. i mean obviously it was something that that provided you with you know with a spark no pun intended to write in a different way right and express yourself differently through your music and you know i i know that we had this conversation in the past year You've recorded 72 songs? Yeah. All right. And that's, yeah. and we're not talking like just record into like your iPhone, you know, memos or anything like that. We're talking studio recordings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I you know, I do them from beginning to the end. Um, all the instruments, the real, the real ones. All, of, <laughs> all the notes were played. All of the notes were played. You Excellent. know, um, I use a lot of the tools that everybody else is using right now. But you know what? Um, it's uh, it's all there, and th those are all you know, true, real songs. So. You know, there's there's a lot of artists out there that would be envious of that because they they can't put out seventy two songs in a lifetime. You did seventy two yeah. in a year. You know what I did was I put a title on that. I put twenty nineteen as the title on that, and okay. it didn't stop. Um, and it still hasn't stopped. I mean, I just recorded a song last week. It was a cover, but I mean, it's just constant. What cover was it? It was uh, Ain't No Reason By... from, um, oh man, I, I should probably know the dude's name. <laughs> I, I just like, uh, I, it's a really good song. It's like, uh, it's a it's a cool song. Just kind of fits for now. I think it was put out a few years back, but I, uh, I heard it. And um, it sounds like one of those Matt Sheernan dudes, you know? Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, you know, what I, like, isn't that shitty? Right. I'm kind of far out of that pop, stuff. Pop folky. But, sort I, of thing. but I enjoy it. Right. There you go. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean I don't enjoy this stuff. I, yeah. I like you don't got to know everybody's name. I don't, I don't shake this guy's hand. So I don't got to know uh, Ed Sheeran's name, you know. 
Well, all right. <laughs> There, there's that too. But because... I don't think it was his song. Fuck, I feel bad, dude. But well, um, all right, so so that actually makes okay. me think of a question. You know, as an artist, we always try to you know express ourselves through music, and and you know we we would love people to hear it and like it. Do you think? Do you think he wrote "Ain't No Reason" things Probably. this way? He's a fantastic like, song. First writer. one ever. Ed Sheeran is no. That's fan- not Ed Sheeran. Oh. Well, like, ain't no reason. Well, whoever song it is, give me a second. Jesus know. Christ! Well, we got to find out. You know, like, this is this I, is what happens when you try to have fun. I know, right? <laughs> ain't no reason happens because you know I'm trying to. Uh, no, ain't, I don't ain't no podcast. Service. I don't really care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, anyway, so you recorded a lot of songs very recently, and you constantly, you know, constantly, and like you said, you're still doing it, and that's, <laughs> but that's that's great. Yes. But what do you, you know, what's your, do you have like a set intention when you go into the studio? Obviously you're recording the song, but is that pretty much where it begins and ends? Or do you have a, a longer tail, um, a longer tail plan? Like, are you looking to do CDs? Are you looking for, for this for performance? Are you yeah. just doing it for yourself? Like what's the, what's the yeah. long tail? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So ultimately, you know what you addressed first and in, in foremost, it was Sparkman, you know, Sparkman, the band. Um, I have like the second album. It's ready to go, pretty much. It just needs to be mastered. I record everything at, at Paul Miner's studio. Paul Miner's like a pretty respected producer locally out of Orange County. Um, he's like the original bass player of uh, Death by Stereo. So um, Paul's been around for a really long time. Um, the guys that I work with or the guys in my band know specifically, and I think I've even told Paul this, you know, one of my favorite is favoritist bands of all times most number one my most number one favoritist is uh (laughs) bands is thrice uh big shout out to freaking thrice uh just a life-changing band for me i think everybody has one of those you know the one of those that they tap into and they're really like holy fucking shit like you hear everything from this dude and you're like this is the one um so i mean man as a group of kids I, i was in this you know band simple difference we were all really younger but um i uh i made it my mission to report record with paul because paul uh did um identity crisis and identity crisis is an amazing album if anybody can uh, you know wants to listen to some sick ass west coast post hardcore i guess is what they call it they fucking call it um does that mean after hardcore I think they fucking, they call it after hardcore because like the real hardcore is like cloak and dagger and like all these other crazy, uh, you know, East coast, really, uh, real, real bands, even some things like minor threat. And you know what I mean? I think the real hardcore came, you know, I think a lot of West coast music always did that. They're just like, (laughs) we'll put it like, well, this is kind of after cause it finally got to us. But, uh, for thrice, I think, man, you know, they did this really, religious push and it kind of just you know fucked them in a lot of aspects because they're just so hardcore but anyways for us it was really uh instrumental for me i'm hardcore for christ i know right fuck <laughs> it was like this uh and that's okay if you're into that absolutely uh, absolutely there's nothing wrong with it absolutely so uh the idea was that i would record with with uh, the like-minded people so i i actually ended up getting the opportunity through a friend um andre morales he was in sleeping sea king and then um he was buddies in this dude uh like whatever i don't know his name was like fucking sloth in the band mantis <laughs> so like mantis like everybody they were like this riverside band that won some mtv thing you know and sloth was like the drummer or whatever anyways andre is an awesome dude. Hey, you guys! Yeah, Andre's an amazing person. <laughs> and uh, and he was the one, you know, like, he put us on to that. And, um, and then he got us into a real studio. Man, and once I got into a real studio, I haven't been looking back. I went into the studio, studio when I was in the early 20s for a punk rock band. And, and, you know, I'll still use Paul all the time. He's a great guy. So then you record all these songs. You got it down nice and tight. With like-minded people, because it's good to go once you've recorded, once yes. you've written everything. Absolutely, you need somebody like my. Even though you wrote it outside of like-minded people, yeah, from a certain ge- ge- geography, <laughs> right? You're now going with the like-minded people because they understand what it should sound like, right? And that's right. why you keep returning to Paul's studio, right. right? Correct. Yeah. So now you have like all these songs in the can, yeah, and and still do, and still do. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey-o. But, but just for people that are listening, just to get a sneak preview, like where is it that they could sample any songs by Sparkman? 
Um, really, at this point, um, I really push the Frankie Sparkman YouTube. Just simply type in my name, F-R-A-N-K-I-E, Sparkman, at YouTube, and I got a channel there. And um, basically, all of the Sparkman songs are up there for free. And that's why I say that. As of right now, they are for free. There's a couple on um, iTunes, but, uh, you know, those are, those are pretty old. I'm, we're coming out with a new album right now. And um, I'm going to put that up for sale. Well, there's one song on I'd like to play uh, from that new album, I believe. Yeah. And it's a song called Irish Car Bombs. Awesome. If you don't mind. Please do. Now, there's a story behind this. Absolutely. Why don't we set it up with the story? Okay. I mean, you know, a real quick story is um, in, uh, I actually touched on it earlier. Uh, starting out, I was in a first band called Simple Difference. And um, me uh, and a couple of buddy uh buddies of mine from that band we uh, would go down to sunset strip all the time when we were uh, 19 years old i had my brother's uh, fake id uh, yeah so so down there i was matt at sparkling <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> yeah you know and but we had it worked out and uh we, w- we would go to the cat club and um we would uh fake it until we made it i guess man you know like we didn't really care I definitely didn't care too much. I didn't have too many inhibitions back then. I, I didn't uh, think uh, too far ahead. I just really wanted to have a good time and make some people uh, smile. But um, anyways, we uh, we drank a bunch of Irish car bombs. That was our thing. We would go in there and be like, listen, I want some Irish car bombs. Now, what's you know? in an Irish car bomb for those that are okay. for the uninitiated? All right. If you really want to do an Irish car bomb right, you have to do half of a Guinness. Okay. Exactly okay. half of a fresh Guinness, but not a fizzy Guinness. This has to be a, like a nitro Guinness or one of the ones out of the bottles without the little nitro widget, whatever. But it can't be the fizzy. Doesn't one. have gigantic foamy head. Yeah, yeah. It has to be like the smooth Guinness. Yeah, is gotcha. what I'm saying. Like the that Guinness. And um, okay, then you do one full shot of Jameson, and one full shot of uh, Irish cream. Like a Bailey's Irish cream? Or? I don't have a preference. That's that's why I just didn't shout out Bailey's. <laughs> um, I've actually had a couple of, of off-brand uh, uh, Irish creams, but make sure you get an Irish cream, you know, with uh, an alcohol, alcohol content. So the idea shot is... Shot of each. Okay, a shot of each of those, right? You, you mix the two shots, the Irish cream, into the Jameson. It has to be Jameson whiskey, man. It does. Gotcha. This is important. Okay, that's the most important, I think. I think you can even use another stout. But anyways, you mix the two, you throw it into your half Guinness, and you chug them. You have to drink the whole entire thing at once, and it tastes amazing. And how many would you estimate you had done at that point? Uh, At the ripe age of 19, I probably did like six, you know, six or eight. Oh, yeah. Six or eight or 12. Okay, <laughs> thinking about that, just <laughs> just thinking about it now, like at my forty seven year old yeah. self, like this hurts. Okay, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I think I just got a hangover just from you telling me that for sure. And uh, for sure, but we we'd done this a couple times down there, you know. So we'd had a good time. We knew what our intent- intentions were, and then um, we wake up with this dude. Just okay. There's this guy. He's kicking me in the shoulder, and I'm underneath a Ford Taurus. I'm underneath a light green Ford Taurus, like a 1994. <laughs> okay. Like I'm legit. Like, well, I'm underneath it in a parking garage. And, and, and Damon, my, the, the bass player in my band and Robbie, the drummer, he's, we're all underneath this car. Like we were all three see- of you, like we were seeking warmth. How the hell did all three of you fit? I mean, a Ford Taurus is not a small car. It doesn't but even make sense. No, it doesn't. You went out of your way to do this. It doesn't. We were underneath this guy's car. If he would have started his car, we we always talked about that too, you know. And uh, you know, had he started his car and just left, he would have just dragged ran you us with over. It. Yeah. yeah. But he's like nudging you with his foot, like yeah. So he's like, yo, what's up? He's like, wake up! You're under my fucking car, you know. And I'm just like, all right, like fuck, I'm like oh, I guess I'm under this dude's car, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, rock and roll, yeah. yeah. So, so we're in this band, you know, and we got this bass player and he's going through this shit. Like, who knows, you know, like, uh, I think in, in your early twenties, you're, you're really highly emotional anyways. And, um, I think as you come to find out artists period, Jesus Christ, I mean, look at us, we, we are losing artists to this, this uh, insane, uh, suicide is, is what, it, what I'm going to dabble on real quick for a second. Okay. Cause I got to touch on that because that's uh, an important part of the story. Um, 
And that's uh, ultimately what Damon did just a couple months later, you know, and, and, and we're all having a, a great time. But um, and that's also what sparked the song, you know, because I had to really um, capture this, you know, I'm like, and that's what I that's, fuck, man. I think when you're a songwriter and you do it for a really long time, you have so many f- like dead kid songs. I call them. I, I used to, and I used to use that frivolously when I was younger because I thought it was like kind of like this thing maybe that, that wouldn't happen all the time. Um, I've got another, uh, you know, another song it's called WGMP. And this is a, this is an anthem for one of the greatest friends I've ever had in my life. And, and for a really good guy that lost his life at a very young age, you know, and his parents use this song to get by and, and we use this song every year. Um, it's kind of wild, you know? So these songs kind of like do, you know, it's weird. They're, they're really real. Um, even still, even still from up in the hills without a bunch of money behind them and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. That's well, emotion. Emotion. You can't buy, emo- <laughs> you can't buy emotion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, well, I think that's the important thing too about consistency and continuing to do it is that, you know, um, if it is something that you feel you still have to do, then you're going to just continue to do it yeah. regardless of, of somebody paying me a bunch of money or, or yeah, uh, there's different types of currency when yeah. it comes to something like that. Money is not even an object. It's, yeah. It's, it's a question of, do I have the emotional currency to pay to do it? Yeah. You know, and you have to take that out of your personal, you know, yeah. your, your, the ATM of your soul. Yeah. And is it empty? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. sometimes it's tough. And like you said, you have, several of these, like, as you call them dead kid songs, you know, <laughs> it's and, crazy. And, and <laughs> yeah. it, it's tough. I mean, you know, like, yeah. uh, like, you know, how many people do we know that are gone? Yeah. That shouldn't be right. You know? And when you get to that point, it's just like, where do, where do you get that emotional currency from? You know? Right. But in the meantime, we'll get back to that in a moment. Let's play Irish Car Bombs by Sparkman. Right on. And you can there's, find this. There's some good setup. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great setup. But it's a great tune, too. So Thanks, let's check it out. Irish Car Bombs by Sparkman. And uh, Frankie just was telling us a story about it. And there's even a bit more to it. So, you know, if if you had to sum up, you know, the emotions of of that song, like we were talking about, you know, the emotional currency, you have to, you know, build up not just to write it, but then to record it and make sure you get it right, because it means so much to you. If you had to sum up, you know, what that whole experience was from soup to nuts in just a couple of sentences, how would you how would you describe that? You know, making sure it's so crazy too because uh man, when I when I uh when I write these uh I, there's usually a, also a group of people you have to take into consideration. You have to really think about who you're talking to and who is going to listen. Um 
And I think that's a crazy responsibility and it really has stressed me out sometimes by writing these songs. Um, any song really. Yeah. Well, um, especially if it's going to, well, no, but if it's going to like the heart of the matter right, of something, yeah. yeah, you know, there, there's, there's going to be that, you know, there's more than just you involved. It's not just about you. You're singing it about somebody else. Right. And the minute you sing about somebody else, there's like 25 people that, that are tied to them Absolutely. that are scrutinizing every word that you thing. say. Yeah. It's a real know? thing. And, and yeah, that, that I could see that being a very difficult thing. I've yeah. written songs about people, but you know, about people, not for people. That's, right. there's a difference, yeah. you know? And if you write it about somebody, most of the time they're, they're no longer with us or there's just, you know, they're in a way where there's 25 other people going to be affected <laughs> by that song. Yeah. If you write a yeah. song for somebody, it's just like, I love you. I love you right. so much. Yeah, and G right? <laughs> and here you go. <laughs> and wow. Am I getting some? I wrote you a song. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it, that song is for one person. It's an audience of one, but you're writing it about your bass player. So there's, you know, there's, gigantic group of people that loved him yeah. in one way or another that that are affected by it yeah yeah there's a real quick line in there i think we briefly talked about it beforehand um and it talks about just how okay so this dude and i don't want to go too heavy on this okay <laughs> i don't i don't really but it is it is a thing that happens with music and the people i think it, i mean you know fuck it maybe they should realize you know some of the weight that they're hearing. Uh, but, uh, this dude, um, one of our great friends, you know, he's a great friend, but he, he, uh, had an out of body experience. He, he, he explained this to us. He cut his wrists driving. Well, he pulled over. Okay. A, a one, a buddy of ours gave us some super sharp dope ass knives, like dope right in the boxes. And, um, uh, I'll never forget it. Damon dropped me off. Then he freaking drives down the street and he starts slashing his wrists in a turnout. Like he's fucking crazy, dude. It made no sense. It made no sense to him, bro. You know? So he he recognized that. He's like, what the fuck is going on? You know? But um, you know, come to find out there's a long history and all this stuff. You know, yeah. mental illness is, is a real thing. Well, that's you know <laughs> it's that's that's that is heavy, you man. Know? So 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 what it weighed on me is to put this line in a song. You know, just like what we're saying is to put that line in a song, like, yeah. you know, uh, slit wrist, even just to put that in a song, people don't realize that kind of is a thing. That's a heavy, heavy yeah. line to put. Okay. It puts a, a real strong image in your head. And I do realize that, yeah, but there's a reason behind that. You yeah, know? you're, you're, you're using that line, not in a flippant way. Yeah. You know, when you, when you're doing that, there's, there's, there's it's, purpose. Yeah. There's, it's not just some, uh, flamboyant way of using it. There was a point there and I, and I ran back and forth on that. Um, and it's funny for, for years, dude, before I got this thing fucking recorded, finally got it recorded at Paul's just a few months ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So for, for years I would say, uh, um, before we first kissed, like I changed the line. You and I, you know? yes, oh. you and me. Oh, you're talking about you a lyric. And I. All right, well, no, Frankie <laughs> and Mike. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed the line, anyways. You know, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's that's what songs will do, and that's why that's what uh, you know. And is. songs should inspire, and yeah. songs should be inspired. Yes, it should be both. Yes. You know, because I mean, if you just write, like we'll we'll talk about in a minute uh, about a song that sucks <laughs> you know that it'll be a, a great example them, oh there's Damn. shit tons of them but i mean there's there's examples of songs all oh, over the universe reasons. that really just don't have any purpose of being written and the one we're going to talk about is a doozy yeah uh, that's a little teaser yeah. um and by the way just for those of you that are listening we're going to have this song sucks followed up by discovery again this is which is where we talk about a cover song that is arguably better than the original version. And then of course, uh, we will finally, I think we're going to get to this band sucks. Uh, that that's our final segment. That's right at the end. So yeah, we just got to make sure that we make time for it. So, uh, last week we ran out of time for it at, uh, on the, on the last podcast, but we may make for it, uh, make time for it this time. Anyway. Um, so yeah, you know, bands that write songs that suck, that are not thinking about it are not inspirational. They're not inspiring anyone. Um, they're not inspired. So it sounds like they're phoning it in or they're on some serious, heavily, you know, heavy medication. Yeah. Um, regardless hey, of that, but don't, <laughs> don't you think this is 
this is another thing, like hardworking ass dudes, right? In the industry that you hear on the radio sometimes mm-hmm. that people just dog on because yeah. they got a hit on the fucking radio. All right. And so they're so yeah. legit. They're like such legit artists, you know, and they just get a bad rap because they have been put on. You know, there, there's <laughs> there's two ways to look at that, and it depends on the artist. Yeah. Let's be honest. There's there's the one side, yeah. And and this, I have this conversation with many of my friends in the music industry because they they all feel the same way. I can you, imagine you you either are jealous, or they you know jealous and it's good. Yeah. Or you're resentful because it is that bad. Yeah. And it's more about personality and, you know, what's sellable. Yeah, of course. You know, right. but yeah, you, end, you could hear anything and just be like, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good point. But at the end of the <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm sure you can agree just especially from a songwriter standpoint, a good song is a good song. Right. A good song doesn't get held back. It finds its way. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's why I wanted to play that song, because I think that song is a really good song. And I, and being that. Unfortunately, you're not signed and there is no publishing company. I can play it on the podcast with no repercussions. So at least anybody who's listening to this. You do have to pay me, though. Yeah, well, that's fine. You'll get no, like, your twenty-two cents, like money. I'll just—I'm making you dinner after we're done with this. That so. sounds wonderful. Didn't we buy you a beer? Yes. Anyway, seven. Uh, seven <laughs> eight, yeah, just, yeah. Two crowlers worth. Yes. yes. Um, so, <laughs> with that said, uh, you know, is there if you had to sum up your musical career to this point before we move on to our next segment, you know, how would you want to sum it up? And then also. Where can people discover all your music and how can they digest it? Like that's, you know, wherever it's YouTube or what have you, let's spell it all out so everybody has it. But really sum up your musical career. Man, musical career as of right now, hands down, unfinished and unexplained, man. Just uh, really, it it really is, man. It's fully... um, you know, it's lacking a lot of things and, 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 uh, I don't think it's, it's excuses that need to be made. I think there's a lot of, 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 of work I've had to put in real work in the world. Um, like with my hands, you know, like I, I do construction, you know, mm-hmm. um, I have a real passion for, uh, for music. Music is real work as well. Um, but to, to share them both back and forth, I haven't been able to, to vote devote enough you know or to really um you know marry myself to to that idea um and now also you have you know you have a son now and and that's got to make things a little bit tougher because your time is divided it's multiple ways yeah um but it's never like uh it's funny you know you have to make a decision if you're going to make songs i think a lot of people uh don't get it period they don't fucking get it man they think it's silly like like not only not get it you know they think it's silly they do and and on all levels they don't they don't care that you're a superstar or not they just don't understand the process of tapping in to this this thing when you're a grown up and you're you're uh, using your words and melodies and these things to uh, dabble in i think it's a really small slice of the world well, those those are the uh, those are what we call the uh, the right brain people. Yeah, you know, because I mean, isn't it the left side? Oh wait, which side is the creative side of your brain? Right. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, it's the side that's 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 analytical is looking at that. Yeah. Like they can't get out of their own way. Maybe it's the left. Yeah, side way of the too brain. crazy. Um, okay. So so anyway, okay. So, one of the so sides that of the brief brain. that brief little. That, okay. So that little uh you know stipend or 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 whatever you want to put that little wrench in the spokes right there that was just a little brief moment of that right just interjecting that idea into creative mind into your creativity it really does it puts it's a it it puts a spike almost in your heart rate too um so you're thinking about your creative process and you're also thinking about these people yeah (laughs) yeah you're thinking about these fucking people you know and And you're a fucking grown-up yeah you you don't don't want to think about them man you don't want to fucking hear these people you don't want to yeah because they're gonna tell you no and you're weird man yeah and but you're gonna hear that in your in what you're putting out also and then it's gonna make you not put it out at the moment you want to put it out or not take that step when you wanted to take that step so you would recommend to people that are musicians that might be listening to this podcast, take, take control. Take the fucking Just step, man. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't allow what people 
that aren't thinking about you control what the fuck you think. Amen. Man. Not a know? religious person, but amen. Because <laughs> don't we all swear that they are thinking about us? Well, they're wasting Maybe time. not all of us, right? You know, they're wasting the as much ones. time thinking about us as we are thinking about them. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> truthfully. You My know? man, right? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes, but again, if we use it for inspiration and we write something cool if and something comes you, out of it, yeah. then we're not wasting the time. Yeah. But they have no outlet. Yeah. What are they going to do? Another math problem? Right. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Yeah. You there's know. that slice of the pie too. You yeah. know, like yeah. it is, it, it is, it's like, here it is. This will be my outlet. This won't be something that I'm going to, um, and that's shy away from a, a funny little thing that I have been doing. And, and, uh, a lot of people have been picking up on, I get a lot of messages from it is I put, um, a brand new song, like a fucking brand new song that I'm not, it's funny. I, I always call the brand new song, like, uh, like, a brand new song because I'll never show anybody, but I've got 72 <laughs> hours and three and a half, you know, three or 72 songs, three and a half hours, you know, over three and a half hours now. You know, if, if you were the band, yes, those 72 songs would be a, a solar year, but you know, I haven't showed anybody those songs. That's the fucking problem. So a bunch of these songs are on SoundCloud. I got Frankie Sparkman on SoundCloud. Okay. And that's free. You just go on SoundCloud and you listen to them for free. Any one of them. Um, and that's what I like. A lot of these do like unexplained. Here's the unexplained part, right? Unfinished and unexplained. Unfinished in the aspect that clearly I'm just unfinished and I'll never be finished. But unexplained because I've got this whole other element where I do this thing called Digital Frank, okay? Like I've always been like this punk rock alternative rock artist, okay? And you don't use much auto-tune and you don't, you know, it's what really comes out of you. Um, with the... Uh, with like the hip hop and stuff. Okay. I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of these underground hip hop artists. I have had, like I recorded two mechs, um, in my studio, my home studio. Okay. Ended up with a little track on, um, uh, 90, what is it? Like the, the, whatever, some LA radio station, man. I should really know these radio <laughs> stations, right? Like when you're on a radio station, you should probably know. Anyways. So two mechs has a radio station. There you um, go. Uh, not a big shout out to Tumex because whatever, but uh, just a little <laughs> one. So, Small Tumex, uh, yeah, like whatever, it. yeah, All like right. he's he's whatever, like he got a, he like lost a leg or something. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's a highly regarded underground artist in Los Angeles. Okay. Fortunate enough to work with this guy, uh, work with another guy named Tom D, and then uh, started doing some underground hip hop stuff, some weird, just. Uh, really took me into a place that was just kind of fun. Very know? different from that punk, yeah. you know, pop but, punk background. But what was crazy is it was like almost at the time. So when we would do punk rock shows, man, we get so much love and there's so much, there's such a crowd response and there was a lot of love in the crowd. It actually, it did start to dwindle in, in these local, whatever is, you know, like these, the, these, uh, it also could have been, you know, the, uh, the early two thousands, you know, punk yeah. rock that we were trying to put out too, you know, I was saying maybe it's our fucking fault. But, uh, anyways, what, what we did notice was when, uh, start going to these clubs in, uh, Los Angeles, man, it's just the love, it's crazy amounts of people show up to these things. Yep. These kids are spray painting on walls, bro. It's like a, it's like a, like as you're performing, but we're not condoning it. Oh, no, no, you no, no, that would be against the law. Yeah. Like in the venues, that's super disrespectful. Yeah. I even thought don't. that, I even thought that shit while I was like, you know, I was like, dude, like what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, like <laughs> nobody knew, you know, like, but like you're playing a song and some guy's making it was a mural still wild, you know, yeah. like, it's like, man, like this is a pretty wild place. You know, these, these, uh, these places, um, man, 14th street, like skid row area, Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, we go to underground shows there and there, you know, there'd be uh half pipes set up in these shows and, and kids just packed just just partying there you go so the good old days i mean i guess it was just like like fucking three years ago oh <laughs> well all right they're, they're old for me yeah i can't go to yeah. under, underground the only place the only time i go underground is new york city to get in a subway Man. and that's that's it i i can't go down underground shows anymore i just i Dude, look like musky, i look like a narc the musky nasty smell when you go underground <laughs> in new york anywhere 
It's 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 a smell of rotten pretzel. It's a little different than the smell above the ground. Yeah, it well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I live there most of my life, so like forever. Trust me. It's know. just wet. A wet smell. It's like it's like the smell of a wet fart and failure combined. Yeah. But history is mixed in there too, Mike. Yeah. Well, that's, Lots of history. Yes, that's part of the wet fart. Yeah. Great. For sure. All right. Frankie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for letting <laughs> us know about everything that's going on with your music, how your creative process works, and what it is to be up here doing it in a more remote area, but being able to be influenced by that. Yeah. And thank you for your introspection as to, you know, songwriting, writing songs about your bass player and things like that. And it's very important to a lot of people out there. I'm sure that that can relate. But off that heavy subject, yeah, we're going to go into our next segment, which is not heavy at all. No. And this is a segment <laughs> that I like to call This, this Song Sucks. <laughs> There's heavy reverb behind There that. will be. When I'm done editing, yes, there will be. <laughs> But yeah, this song sucks. It is our one of our standard segments that we do here on the podcast. And Frankie and I had to think, think long and hard about exactly what song we wanted to talk about today. And this one's a short one. It's not a long song, but there's a lot we can talk about with this. We can unpack. There's several layers of this onion. And <laughs> speaking of onion, another song off this particular album that this song came from happened to have onion in the title. It was called Glass Onion. But that's a great song off the Beatles' White Album. However, the Beatles, as great as they are, as influential as they are, as amazing as every one of those guys in the band was, not everything was a 10. And what's crazy about the White Album, you you can't even say that's great. It's like just, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's an amazing album. (laughs) They were amazing songwriters. So amazing. But but here's the here's the other part of it. When you when you start getting into that many songs on one album, invariably something is not gonna click. (laughs) And the song that we're gonna talk about is something called Wild Honey Pie. Wild Honey Pie. Now there's a song called Honey Pie and then there's Wild Honey Pie. Now Honey Pie and Wild Honey Pie if I remember correctly, I think Honey Pie was also written by Paul McCartney. It was more of like a yes. ragtime, right. you know, piano yep. tune. Wild Honey Pie is a piece of shit. Just <laughs> absolutely. Just, yeah. It's, honey Pie's treading the line like cute. And then uh, Wild Honey Pie is just, yeah. I mean, if you if, if you were to use three adjectives, just, just three adjectives to describe Wild Honey Pie, like what would they be? Oh, it's a used car commercial. <laughs> they... <laughs> <laughs> is it actually the, 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 what we were saying before was Ugh. this song is so wacky it sounds like the music bed that every public access station uses yeah. for like their commercials and bumpers like it's, it's so so bad and and it was done not surprisingly out of the watchful eye of the other three Beatles. yeah like paul mccartney just went and did this on his own now here's something even funnier i didn't know until recently <laughs> I didn't know until recently that that was Paul McCartney. Right. I honestly thought for the longest time, because it's a Lennon McCartney tune, according to the, according to the credits, because everything that they did was Lennon McCartney, whether yeah. one or the, or both wrote it. So I thought it was a Lennon tune. I thought it was a John Lennon tune and the warbling screaming was Yoko Ono. And that would have made a lot of sense. It's really weird that it's all Paul McCartney. I don't like, I gotta say it's fall. <laughs> it's fake Paul, man. Yeah, definitely. It's faux, fucking, faux Paul? It's fucking fake Paul. It's not real Paul. That's transition period right there because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it's well, it's so bad. They just want to prove that they can make a, a a wacky transition in between amazing amazingness. You know, a lot of people thought that it was supposed to be like a linking song too. Like if you look back at the reviews, like, you know, initially, yeah, just totally but it's not, not. Yeah, just totally it's, not. it's actually a composition Yeah, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> and it's true. And look, I love the Beatles as much as anybody else, probably more than a lot of people do, because Beatles for me were hugely influential. I mean, yeah. you know, I tell my friends a story all the time when I was growing up. I wasn't necessarily encouraged to play music, but music was all around me. And my mother was into Motown. My dad was into the Beatles. So that's what I got from each of them growing up. Somehow that turned into me liking Kiss, but that's a whole different story. But being that that the Beatles were, you know, so influential on me as a kid, (laughs) 
you know, listening to my dad's copy of Sergeant Pepper and then yeah. his, ver- his copy of the White Album and hearing that, I'm like, what the, like, even then, like the nine-year-old me was like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we're talking about the Beatles. Going back to just freedom of writing, man, and just like. What a great way to just kind of let go of what you've created at the moment. I guess that's with freedom of anything, right? Yeah. Like you have like, we, you know, freedom to do this. Great. That means there's Fucking lots a. of good, and but then there's the abuse bad. of it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's an abuse of it at a certain point. And I think, man, I, you know, they highlighted on it. They for sure talked about that too. Just a, a, a pure rebel, rebellious standpoint on these, on these type of songs, you know, I'm not saying that that, uh, they, they were probably, they, they probably are going for something on that. <laughs> Just they were going shit. for more. They were going for more LSD. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what they were going. They were, yeah, exactly. Jesus yeah. Christ. They were going for a good feeling on that. <laughs> they, and oh, they just lost warm out on and it. fuzzy. <laughs> oh yes, and it but, just wasn't it. And then, but then you know, even on that album, as great as the White Album is, you have that song, right? You have um, you have Revolution Number Nine, you know, Number Nine, Number Nine, Number Nine. That sucked too. You, yeah. I don't care who the fuck you are. Just that's, abstract that weirdness. You know, it's almost like televisionized. Yeah. And it was just, it was weird just to be weird. And then, but then there were some straight songs that were just weird, like, like, uh, uh, what was it, Lullaby? I, I this guy would make a fucking song for the television. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to make a song for a song. We're going to make it for the television. <laughs> Is that the fucking? Is that the thing? That the, there, you're 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 now. Damn it, dude! Like I think I'm from a different part of England, all of <laughs> Europe at that point, right there. I think I'm just pirate. You're a mishmash of yeah, everything. I was it's just like, pirate. You're Polinglish or <laughs> Fringlish. Let's make a song. Spench. We'll just shit on it. They're gonna pay us anyway. <laughs> we're Beatles. We can put a f- wet fire. Oh, on that's an album. We're Beatles. We're Beatles. Uh, that, that Beatles. We're, we're, we're Cockney. All of a sudden, the Beatles are Cockney, eh? <laughs> All of a sudden, from, from Dulwich. Like it doesn't matter if you talk about whatever or make some weird noises with kazoos and glockenspiels. Well, they did. They did. Whatever the hell happened on that. But, you know, the, that song, Revolution Number no. 9. Uh, the, 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 I think it was called, it wasn't called Lullaby. It was the, the, uh, um, I almost called him Zach Starkey, the, uh, the Ringo Starr lullaby song. I think it was called Lullaby or something like that. Anyway, it was, it was a terrible song. Uh, <laughs> it's just a terrible yeah. song. It's just a terrible yeah, song. That's, so, Savoy Truffle isn't that's all an that old great. Classic scenario. But, but that album has so Ringo many. Ringo do anything. You know? Ringo doesn't do shit. Uh, Ringo, I'm sorry. You, if you would you like, would you like to be on our podcast, Ringo? You are more than the, welcome to. Isn't he the star? He, uh, made he's himself one of them. Hey, his son. Beetle. His son is an amazing drummer. He's a fucking beetle. He is. He is. Peace and love. Peace and love, as he would say. He's a fucking beetle. <laughs> All right. Anything more on Wild Honey Pie? Oh, man, it's just. I think, man, that type of abstract weirdness is just. There's a place for it, but not on a Beatles album. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. So we can safely say. I agree. That this song sucks. It does. It It sucks. Awesome. It sucks bad. So that's going to leave us. uh, (laughs) It's going to lead us to our next segment, which is called Discovered, which again, which is where music cover to covered gets its name from. And again, in this segment, we discuss a song that is a cover tune that is so good. It, in many opinions, especially mm. the special guest and myself, eclipses yeah. the original. Yeah. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Enjoy the Silence. Uh, Failure did a version of Depeche Mode's Enjoy the Silence. That is mm. absolutely amazing. Uh, last time around, uh, we when we had Rob McDermott on the show, we talked about uh, Typo Negative's Summer Breeze, which was originally done by Seals and Croft. Mm. And this week, Frankie and I talked about it. And Frankie had one that that he really liked. And it's by originally by a band called The Cure, mm. but Three Eleven did a cover. Very of this coveted song. band, very very coveted, historic, if you will, alt rock band, new wave in a sense. Uh, very very, you know, uh, it's it's they're they're an icon in in that part of in that part of music. Well, again, The Cure did this song. Three Eleven did a cover of it, and it's called Love Song. Yeah. Now, 
those of you that may know both versions, they do differ a bit. And 311 really made it their own. Yeah. You know, the 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 Cure version was a bit more upbeat and poppy. Right. 311 took out took out essentially every other snare hit. Yeah, big time. And changed the entire aspect of the song. And for the longest time, and I'm not a 311 fan, so for the longest time, I did not know that that version was by 311. I actually like it. Yeah, super good. So what made super you good. choose that one? Like, what about, what is it about the the 311 version that really makes you go, yeah, that's better than The Cure? Because, I mean, it, look, that version of the song by The Cure is you know, probably one of the best-known songs, that one of their best-known songs. Yeah. So to say that a cover is better than that, there's got to be a reason. Yeah. So. No. No. I think just like you, I, 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 I like didn't know who it was, you know. So I, I heard it on I think like ninety one X or something like that, and driving, and uh, the cover that is, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know, who is this, you know, and um, I drive a lot, so I was like, I'm gonna go back and forth, you know. I do that a lot with a lot of different covers, and um, so I uh, played the cover, and then I play the original, and. Um, you know, immediately the, the tempo is a lot different. So yeah. then I'm like, you know, whatever. Maybe it, it uh, drew me in a lot more just because of, it was like uh, driving music at the time. But uh, really, I think it was just the wholesomeness of the, the mix and everything. And just like you said, I think they made it their own. And uh, just like you, I'm not a fan of 311. Yeah. <laughs> I just, um, it's kind of crazy, you know, like I didn't uh, fall into... Uh, like trying to just talk about 311 or whatever. <laughs> just looking, like, I yeah. really think it's a good cover, man. And I think it's a better cover. Uh, not, not just a, be- not just a uh, better cover, a, a better song. Like I think they, 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 uh, they took the good elements and made it a really good, wholesome, like badass song. I do give them a lot of credit. <laughs> I give them a lot of credit for covering, you know, that, you know, that level, you know, if, yeah. you, if you take, if, you, if a, you're going right? to cover a song, it's like, you know, like recently Mastodon, the band Mastodon covered Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. And it they did that in memory of their manager who passed away. And Man. regardless of the emotion behind it, yeah. and they did a great job, but you need to do a great job on like Jeez. that that like number one great, song right? of like the historic the band. And that's sort of the same thing with this song. It's like the greatest song in the world. It's maybe not, but it's it's <laughs> it's probably like I mentioned the, the most recognizable, almost the most recognizable song yeah. by The Cure ever and really yeah. is is what a lot of people latched onto. It's a very popular song by them. Yeah. And to be able to say that all right, we're going to have the balls to go and cover this historic bands, whether or not you're into them, they're still a historic band. Yeah. You know, you're going to cover their version of this song uh like, wow, that takes a lot. And to be able to come out on the other side and doing it well, that's that's impressive. Absolutely. That's impressive because you do need to hit that home run. Yeah. You know, I play cover songs, but they all suck. Yeah, so. I, I don't, I, I mean, I didn't look too far into this, but I really doubt that there's a lot of Cure fans that are like, fuck you, 311. You know, like, that sounds awesome, you know? Like, it's like, it's like you were that guy. Like, who the fuck is that guy? You know, like, we want like, 311's head on a stick. Yeah, like, you know. Why are you covering our songs? It's like, that shit's sick, you know? Maybe maybe they'll do that to me for saying it's better, but that's just my opinion, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a great tune, and if you haven't heard it, you can find it on the YouTubes. But like I say on every show, make sure you if, if an artist's songs that we talk about happen to be available on Apple Music or available for purchase, please give them the, the revenue. That's the you idea. Know, download the song from, from, from Apple's, uh, well, iTunes isn't really a thing anymore, but download it on from Apple Music or from any other source that you can get it on whatever Google apps are available with the music, like Amazon Music, things of that nature, or stream it on Spotify. This way, the artist can get their point zero two five cents yeah. per stream. Yeah. Uh, it sucks that it's so little, but hey, look, better in their pocket because they worked hard writing the song. And as we talked about with Frankie earlier, it makes all the difference sometimes yeah. because you're pouring your emotion Just, into it. Yeah. Appreciate it. You know, what's the emotional uh, currency? I yeah. mean, you can't, it's, it's never going to pay off in streams. Yeah. Right. But use the avenues, man. Yeah. Use them. You, you don't, don't listen to people fucking talking shit about like Spotify or something and not put your stuff out there on it. Cause, cause there's going to be a point where you're just sitting on your couch and there's somebody listening to your music somewhere else in the world. Bro, because What's wrong you, with that? Yeah, Nothing because wrong with you that. put it on Spotify, and you could complain about how much you're going to get for it, but like, okay, 
what did you do? You, know? <laughs> like, like you just, you know, put it out there. I'd rather yeah. not make anything. Okay, don't yeah, make anything. I'm not there. saying it's fair. Put I'm not it saying there. it's fair. It's certainly not. And there needs to be some legislation to where, you know, these artists, including yourself, get a bigger piece of the pie. I mean, these companies are making millions and billions of dollars and they're entitled to, but not necessarily on the backs of everybody else. Yeah. You know, uh, that's where I start to get upset. Do I use Apple Music? Yes, yeah. I do. But and I try to stream as much as I can, as often as I can, because if I'm using the service, I want the artist to get paid, you know, so make sure sure you're doing that support everybody, you know. And uh, lastly, just to finish up this show here before we go, it's time for our last segment, which is called This Band Sucks. Now, Frankie and I were talking earlier about this band, and we really both agree that this one up. You know what? I'm sorry, guys. As you know, that music means we are fresh out of time again on the podcast. We'll have to get to This Band Sucks next week. Sorry about that, Frankie. I hope that's all right. Uh, but I want a Frank. Uh, I want a Frank. Blessings on blessings. I want, I want, I want Frank. You want a Frank, man? I want, a, I want Anna Burger. Hey, you want to Frank me, dog? Whoa! Edit number 12. Frankie Sparkman, thank you so much for being here today. I hope you had a good time. Really enjoyed having you here. Thank you for your insight. Yeah. And again, check out, check out Frankie Sparkman on YouTube uh, and wherever, where else we can, can we find you? Um, YouTube, uh, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Spotify, uh, Sparkman, Daylight. That's the album on Spotify. You get the whole album, 16 songs still. Um, YouTube, you get a bunch of songs for free, like I said. And then um, you know, also SoundCloud, Frankie Sparkman on SoundCloud. I'm not a SoundCloud artist, okay? I've heard of a lot of that. <laughs> Just go there and listen. Well, okay, we'll go there and listen. We actually talked through all the all the outro music. Try to wrap it up. Wow, there, my, my so engineer happy. is waving at me saying, dude, yeah. you cannot do this band sucks. All it's right, like one so of those Emmy speeches, you know? <laughs> Just pull myself. Let's play them off. It's my moment. I'd like to thank my mom, my dad, my dog. <laughs>